mystical consciousness. What about this word, this term, mysticism, mystical consciousness? So let me give you my understanding. I don't call it a, a definition. Mysticism is that part or element of Christian belief and practice that concerns the preparation for consciousness of an effect. What mystics themselves have described as a direct, immediate, and transformative presence of God. So let me take each of the important elements in that description. First of all, mysticism is a part or element of religion. It's not the whole of religion. And the healthy mystical element is only healthy if it recognizes that there is an institutional and an intellectual side of Christianity as well. Secondly, th that description indicates that it's a process. It's preparation for consciousness of an effect. In other words, it's a life journey. It's not a moment of particular, say, union with God or whatever. And many philosophers who study mysticism think they study mysticism when they only study a few descriptions of the final experience, the acme experience of union with God or something else. I think that's a bad mistake. Because what we're studying is the process by which a person, the contemplative or the mystic, prepares for, over a long period of time, has some kind of experience or moment of consciousness that is transformative, and then goes out to live a life that uses that new experience, that new transformation, in order to affect change in themselves and change in other people. So mysticism has to be a process as a life journey, rather than as focusing in on this one kind of moment of consciousness. Mysticism, for me, describes the consciousness of this direct or immediate moment of God's presence in our lives. Why consciousness? Most students of mysticism talk about mystical experience. And it's true that the mystics do have experiences of the direct presence of God. But for a lot of us, when we hear the word experience, we think of feeling something or sensing something. And I think consciousness is a much larger term because mysticism is much more than just some kind of new feeling, some new kind of emotion, some new kind of sensation. It often includes that, but consciousness enables us to tie in the whole inner life. In other words, consciousness is our sense of awareness that exists both in terms of our sensation, in terms of our thinking, in terms of our loving and deciding. These are all conscious acts. And to have a transformative moment of God's presence in our lives it may not even involve the new sensation or new feeling but it certainly involves a new kind of thinking and a new kind of loving. So that's why I think the term consciousness, in a certain sense, is more expansive. Not to exclude experience, and mystics themselves use the term experience a good deal, but to emphasize that it's more than just a new feeling. I felt something really I've never felt before. Well, what did you think about it? How did it affect your life? How did it lead you to new ways of understanding and loving? And those are all conscious acts that are connected with and that flow from that transformative kind of moment. And so, mystical consciousness involves sensation, it involves thinking, it involves loving, it involves deciding, it involves acting, etc. 
The mystics claim that we can have consciousness on three levels. Not only a consciousness of objects, perhaps, and a consciousness of ourselves, but a kind of co-presence of the divine, a co-presence of God. And that that third level of God in us, in our prayer life, and even in our daily activities, is most of the time you know, not present in our minds, but the mystical tradition insists that it can become present. It can become more powerful. It can, in a certain sense, even become overwhelming. So that mystical consciousness is a three-level consciousness. And of course, it's going to differ very, very much because it's on a continuum of consciousness. And that's another very important point because certainly there are the great mystics and the great contemplatives. People like Teresa, a Meister Eckhart, a Bonaventure, Augustine or Origen in the early church, and many other figures that we could point to. But the fact that these people had a much deeper sense of this divine co-presence or meta-consciousness doesn't mean that others can't share it, that everyone doesn't have a certain access to it. They just go further along the way. I mean, it's like, you know, playing a game. Lots of people play basketball, but only a few people are supreme basketball stars. It's like learning to play an instrument. Lots of people practice at an instrument, but the really great players go and are playing in symphony orchestras. And everybody is called to it, but we're called to it in terms of different ways. And the great players, <laughs> whether it be in a sport or in music or in art, are kinds of inspirations for the rest of us who are aspiring to that deeper kind of transformation. But it doesn't exclude us. We're on that continuum. They're just ahead. They're examples. And examples not so much from their own activities, they all say this, examples of divine grace. So that there's no two classes, the elite mystics and the ordinary Christians. There's a continuum of mystical consciousness in every Christian, I believe, who's trying to live a deeper life. Two other issues regarding that description that I've given. One is, can we have a direct or immediate experience of God in our lives? The mystics do insist that God becomes present to them in a more immediate fashion than in other kinds of activities. And it's that immediacy which may involve even a kind of direct consciousness of God that I think the mystics themselves testify to. They all insist, however, there's a great difference between what we could call immediate experience of God and the final experience of God in heaven. Whatever consciousness they can enjoy in this life is a kind of foretaste at best for what's the final goal. I want to say just a little bit about the notion of transformation, mystical consciousness as transformative. The transformative aspect of the deeper consciousness of God is absolutely crucial. It changes people, and it changes people in a way that improves them and that improves those around them. And it involves a transformation that's both affective and intellectual, two major powers of the human, the power to know and the power to love. And so this transformation takes place affectively, affectively, because it gives one a deeper sense of loving God and being loved by God. And it changes intellectually, it gives us a deeper sense of who God is, not what God is. 
Nobody knows what God is. Thomas Aquinas and everybody insists on that. No one can know what God is. So the mystic doesn't learn more about God. What we know about God, we, some of it comes from our reason. Most of it comes from our faith. Mystic doesn't learn new facts about God or more information about God. What the mystic gets is a better sense of the reality of God, a more immediate, intuitive, some call it, or connatural sense about God. Knowing God in a new way, not more stuff about God. And it includes that positive sense of knowing God more directly. But the mystics insist it also includes the negative sense, the deeper and deeper realization of what we can never know what God is. Understanding that God cannot be understood. We all say that's true, but do we really know it? The great mystics, think of a Meister Eckhart as a perfect example of this, insists that the deeper you get into the mystery of God, the more you realize you cannot know what God is. Thank you.